You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge, all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Josh Chernoff, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? I am uh, very excited because today... This Monday morning, this episode 69. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because it's, it's right before 70. Or am I not, yeah. or am I not getting it? Uh, um, no, I'm definitely or not. Or 71, which is 69 with two fingers in your ass. Oh, um, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm married to three kids. I'm not getting it. To quote the late great George Carlin, uh, <laughs> who I get all my material from. So, but yeah, man, uh, very excited. This is a very special all ask me anything. Yeah. Uh, you're a little bit of a busy beaver. A uh, little <laughs> disclaimer we recorded this uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. About a week and a half. We can. Yeah. <laughs> So, about a week and a half ago, on the seventh, July seventh, uh, we recorded this because yes, I am uh, uh, all over the place, um, <laughs> physically, mentally, I'm all over the place. Um, so Meanie was kind enough to uh, allow us to to call an audible here and uh, and do a full episode of Ask Meanie Anything. Um, so yeah, again, July seventh. Hopefully, nothing too crazy has happened. Um, but I feel it's, like this will be like the Howard Stern curse. Like every time he would go on vacation, like some monumental thing that he should be talking about happens while he's not on the air. So hopefully, uh, we didn't miss too much. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, so pod squad that's watching us live, our Patreon pod squad over at patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Uh, if you have questions, start throwing them at us right now. We're going to dig into our, uh, in, into whatever we have left over from previous weeks. Um, and we have some fun ones, some fun conversation here. Uh, so who even knows how long this episode's going to go? I guess that was really up to all of you when we asked you uh, if you had any questions. So we, we could be five minutes here or five hours. So let's find out. Meanie, are you ready? I would love to. 
Ask me something. All right. <laughs> um, first one we're going to kick off right here with uh, Mark and Dryden at Mark Matsuo. Uh, what up? What are your guys? Oh, by the way, I hope you had a great birthday. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully your birthday was a great one. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Bischoff and Pritchard saying ECW was a feeder system for WWE and WCW? Meanie, what do you think about that? Uh, it was an unofficial feeder system for WWE, to be honest. But, like, you know, ECW started when the wrestling business was down, you know. Uh, it was kind of like the counterculture to the things that were happening at the time with cartoony storylines, cartoony characters, and all that stuff. And, um, you know, they were the victim of, you know, people not seeing them nationwide. Right. You know, all these folks could watch, you know, all these people in WWE and ECW, I mean, WCW could watch ECW and borrow ECW's best stuff and do it on, on national TV. So if ECW does it, you know, they, somebody goes back and watches ECW, people are like, oh, ECW stole from WWE, which, you know, totally wasn't the case. Um, <clears throat> and ECW was also the victim of the fact that, you know, the Monday Night Wars blew up when they did. Imagine hadn't, you know, the blue, imagine the Monday Night Wars hadn't blown up when they did. ECW could have easily been one of the the top promotions, you know. Right. They were the camera culture. They they were the more believable, you know. They did you know grittier storylines, stuff like that. So I don't know if they were. You could say they were. They were kind of a feeder system for WWE because WWE would send us guys, or send ECW guys. You know, had nothing for but kept them on the payroll and kept the ring rust off or came up with ideas like, you know, Al Snow coming up with the head and then bringing it back to WWE. And then, you know, WCW just blatantly <laughs> you know, took stuff from ECW and uh, along with, you know, the whole mole story and stuff like that, whether it's true or not, you know, Todd denies it, but, you know, Terry Taylor said it really happened. So, and, you know, and Paul and Tommy said, said it happened, but, uh, you know, I'll get, you know, I'll give Todd, you know, there's no ECW without Todd Gordon, you know? Sure. And I'll give Todd Gordon all the credit in the world. He put up his own personal wealth in this whole thing, you know? He put his balls on the table for ECW where, you know, Bischoff could, and look, I like Eric Bischoff, but he always downplays ECW and ECW's worth. But yeah, watch what you say about him, all right? That is the best friend of, of James Sorensen, okay? The Sorensen level. Sorensen yeah. level. Patreon. I, 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 I said I like, I like Bischoff. I like Bischoff. But he had, you know, he had the, he, he had billionaire money to play with. Todd Gordon. And then eventually, you know, I've, I've heard the, the figures of what Paul's family, Paul Heyman, put his own personal wealth into, you know, ECW. You know, in the millions of dollars, you know, of his own, his money, his family's, his parents' money, stuff like that. So when you go and say ECW was this, that, and the other thing, hey, 
they played, you know, with their own money. They took, they, they believe they bet on themselves. ECW bet on itself, you know, between Todd and Paul mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So the, you know, the, the poke fun and say it was the, the feeder system, the bottom, you know, it, it was the third rate, whatever, you know, people are still talking about it. You know, people are still chanting ECW. Nobody's chanting WCW. Uh, nobody's chanting WWE. Uh, they might chant NXT, but NXT, that's because NXT is kind of like the closest thing that yeah, reminds me yeah. of ECW in a way, you know, and that's probably what they should, what they're doing with NXT is what they should have done with WWE ECW kind of in a way, just keep it very focused on sit. wrestling. Very, yeah. Very focused on wrestling in a smaller arena, kind of like they, what they do at full sale, which had an ECW arena feel to it. Just, a little bit more glamorized with better lighting and camera work. You know, ECW, we had Ron and Charlie <laughs> and, and that was it. And, you know, but, uh, and one of the best voices in wrestling history, Joey styles, you know, with Paulie behind him and stuff like that, you know, producing and stuff like that. And a lot of people go, Oh, Joey styles is good. Cause Paul, hold on what to say what's bullshit. You know, Joey would pretty much say whatever he wanted. And then, you know, Paul wanted to fine tune something. Hey, how about this? You know, everybody had to say in ECW, you know, even I had to say in ECW, we were doing the, uh, BWO t-shirt commercial and we're at the, uh, studio and, uh, Ron and Charlie, I, I want to say it was Ron's parents' house. And, uh, we're sitting there at the, uh, controller and Ron Buffon was just showing me different things on his board, you know, his editing board. It's like, I got this one graphic I've been wanting to use forever. It's a graphic that goes, it's the words, wow, with like, you know, the Batman, you know, when uh, Batman, when they throw up, and there's like that the pow, like, bam, yeah. yeah. And Ron had this thing on his board, it just went, wow. <laughs> so we're going to do this thing for ECW t-shirts, and Stevie does this whole, buy one million t-shirts, get one free. I was like, dude. That would be the perfect time to use that logo you've been wanting to use this whole time. <laughs> and if you watch it, you know, Stevie's doing the math on this Tropicana orange juice calculator that happened to have in the studio. <laughs> and he goes, buy one million t-shirts, get one free. And the graphic comes up, wow. And all the voices in that room were, the, ro- the voices in the room were me Nova, Stevie, Ron, Charlie, Tommy Dreamer, and Paul Paul Heyman, all going, wow! So that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, you know, everybody had a say in ECW. Uh, you know, Paul listened. Paul put, and you know, getting back to it, Paul put up his own fucking money. Todd put up his own fucking money. I love Bruce to death. I love Eric Bischoff. I'm not slamming them, but. They're dead wrong when they say, you know, when they mock ECW for being, you know, the little, you know, prom- this piss and promotion because it wasn't. I, a uh, couple of questions here from uh, Josh at So Says Chernoff. Um, Because from what you're saying there, I had first I had one question I want to ask you, then another one popped in my mind. So I'll start with the second one uh, first. Do you think thinking it through as much as you can with like one second's notice. Do you think that (laughs) when they launched NXT, 
And we're yeah. thinking back, you know, I guess that was, if we say, let's say like when the network first started, right? Right. Hey, if, roughly. If it was that, the first lot of network. If that had been, had they said instead, okay, we're going to do this whole thing, we're going to do it. And you know what? We're calling it ECW. We're putting, you know, we'll, we'll bring back some of the originals, do whatever, but we have the same vision. So it's the same vision, the same execution as NXT, but they bring it back as ECW. Do you think that would have worked? Could have. Uh, because it just seems like, I mean, we, we say this all the time. When somebody goes from NXT to the main roster, from NXT to WWE, there seems to be this disconnect. It seems like, you know, Paul, I mean, yeah, well, Triple H, sorry. You know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels have free reign over there mm-hmm. with the NXT brand. They're, they're really not bothered. With the exception of uh, when they fire people. Well, the yeah, roster, yeah, which is got that, beyond control. Yeah, but then again, you know, Samoa Joe got fired from WWE, and Triple H said, "Let me have him." Yep, and he comes back, and he comes back to NXT. You know, which is great. You know, yeah. So, but he, uh, yeah, they, they they definitely could have gotten away with that. And they, they, like I said, I kind of wish they did that. Where I wish there was a way where they could have kept it separate. You know. I know you want to save money and record it before Raw and air it, you know, a couple of days later. But just find a location, have a record it in a, a smaller place where people are more packed in and have more, you know, chance to react. People react more. Uh, people are more likely to react when they're packed in together and elbow to elbow, and one person reacts and it's a trained reaction as opposed to a few people in a big arena and nobody wants to pop right away because they don't want to be, they don't want people staring at them going, ah, look at this guy popping over here. That's a good you point. Know, people are always going to react. They're more likely to react when they're in a smaller space packed on top of each other. And one reaction sets off a chain reaction amongst the fans. Now, this wasn't my other question, but do you think sure. that, um, because people could argue, well, you know, ECW, you know, NXT was because it was its own separate thing, whatever. Do you think that, um, that's kind of a stupid question. You kind of already answered it. I was going to ask if you think that ECW would have, when they brought it back in 2006, right? 2006 when they brought it back. Do you, Something like that. Do you think if they would have stuck to we're going to book the venues where ECW was or we're going to find our proverbial full sale and they kept it small the whole time like that and they didn't do it in the arenas as you're saying you know to obviously it saves money and all that do you think that ECW could have succeeded in 2006 in the smaller venues with the same type of booking do you, th- how much of it do you think was the feel and how much of it, like the, the visual and how much of it was the booking? And do you think it could have soldiered on? Well, I, I, I say this ECW had it survived when it became more like ring of honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were kind of going away from the blood and guts type stuff. And they were pretty much staying with the in ring action and stuff right. like that with some 
talent they had coming in like kid cash and all that so and also the you know, the one of the main bookers from ring of honor was gabe sapolsky yeah you know and he worked in ecw he worked in the office paul could have you know handed him some of the booking reins and stuff like that so if you know say you know um you know, ECW, I think there was going to be a shift in ECW. Had it survived, they bring it back in 2006. They could have continued on with that vision and kept it more sports-oriented. You know, like, uh, you know, WWE, I mean, uh, Ring of Honor, you know, was more of a, like, sports-oriented, you know, where there was shaking in the hands and the honor system and all that stuff. You know, I think ECW could have survived – because when you have the WWE machine behind you and you're given this different alternative product and you can have sponsorships and stuff like that, that takes a little bit off the burden of, you know, you can put that sponsorship towards, you know, payroll and stuff like that. And so I think, I think it could have survived. They could have grown their own brand. I mean, look, NXT started at, you know, just in full and uh, at full sale. And then, you know, you know, before the shutdown, the pandemic, they ran their own independent event at a, in a, a legit arena that wasn't piggybacking off another WWE event. Right. You know, all the, uh, you know, takeovers were there, you know, WrestleMania weekend or this pay-per-view weekend. And it was like part of a weekend. They did their first one-off event. And I, I want to say in Bridgeport, Connecticut or something like that. And they drew very well on their own in an arena. So if they had done that with ECW when they brought it back in 2006, granted they didn't have the network back then. Sure. And I think that's a big part of NXT's success and longevity. But to to go back to the point, you know, there's talks of Shane McMahon wanting to buy ECW for himself and make it a web only show where if you're running strictly on the internet, you might have a little bit less governor but you can still have the sponsorships and stuff like that. So, you know, you could have had a, a, you know, a video on demand show, you know, and called it ECW. You could have had a bigger reach because, you know, it's not limited to the United States. You know, people in Japan can watch it. People in England can watch it and all this stuff. And then you sell the merch, you know, there's opportunity there. You know, it's just sometimes you don't know what you have. Yeah, you know, yeah. they, they they definitely, I think they were too focused on what ECW was as opposed to where it was going. And it, it was, ECW was changing. There's a lot of talent that were showing up backstage that were going to be starting soon, you know, with ECW, like mm-hmm. the Backseat Boys, Brent Acid and Johnny Cashmere. They were coming to shows. They were slated to start and stuff like that. You know, there's other indie talent. They tried to get uh, Reckless Youth in there. I don't know what happened with that. But uh, they were going to, you know, they could have done what Ring of Honor did. And, uh, you know, I think it, w- I think it could have been successful. It really is amazing to think of what could have been. Um, my, my last question for you, and then we'll get back. Amazing to and sad. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, especially when you talk about, like, you know, uh, like Trent Acid and, like, the, you know, it, it would have, Reckless Youth was always, supposed to be this big breakout star and i just i feel like maybe that could have happened had he had that opportunity that platform but my other question for you was you're talking before about 
the you know the shift into the Attitude Era from WWE. Um, yeah. Had WWE never done that, had WWE stayed the course of you know the new generation and all right, and they're they're and they're just doing that. And WCW, we look at them, we go, okay, the WCW would have killed them in the ratings, and that's it. And WCW would have won, and blah blah blah, all that stuff, right? But we also know that while WCW is winning in those ratings and kicking WWF's ass, and WWF is going out of business because they're not getting the quote-unquote attitude. Right. Get it? We, we, we know that WCW is eventually going to implode, having nothing even to do with storylines. We know the AOL Time Warner situation and all of that. My yeah. question to you is, had WWE, WWF never gone with the attitude adjustment, so to speak, uh, do you think ECW could have moved up to being at least an equal number two? Do you think ECW could have become a bigger thing because that that attitude that everyone was looking for, that was there, as you talked about before, that was there before it was in the WWF. That was there in ECW. Before it was in the NWO. You know, that was there in ECW. Do you think ECW could have reached that point or do you think ECW was too far to the extreme that it never would have been able to reach that mainstream level? Dude, I and I know Eric Bischoff laughs this off and gives all his reasons why ECW wasn't the number two promotion towards the end, but to me, they were the number two. ECW was the number two promotion before. I mean, you know, WCW had those had a couple hot years when they're making money hand over fist, but then once you get into the uh, the contracts and the uh, the ratings go down, the attendance goes down, you start hemorrhaging money. You know, you know, and ECW in some towns, ECW was running better, had better attendance than WCW shows, house shows, and stuff like that. Because our stars showed up for the main events, whereas <laughs> you know, WCW guys had creative control and decided, eh, I don't want to do the house show loop, right? Which uh, Jeff Jarrett just recently talked about on his podcast, where some guys didn't show up, and he's working a handicap match versus Stevie Ray, which. <laughs> It was never an angle that was pushed on TV. So why have a specialty match? So, mm-hmm. but I digress. Um, it's hard to say because, you know, ECW was doing great things, especially around 96, 97, 98. Those were the strongest years. But, you know, also, you know, they were kind of like, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of needed that WWE vibe to help, you know, for that, uh, exposure you know wwe did help ecw in the way where it, we got to promote barely legal we got to bring in some of their talent doing cha- talent exchanges and stuff like that we got to put our guys we got to put rob van dam on their tv yep and furthered our uh you know our uh, storylines and stuff like that uh it was almost like ecw and wwe were you know uh necessary yeah that's the word i was looking for yeah yeah because well paul Heyman, i mean he grew up in wwe you know between being a teenage photographer at Mm -hmm. ringside 
then going off to becoming a manager and then coming back and stuff like that. It's, you know, Paul Heyman worked for Vince Sr. You know, he worked for, you know, and then now he's working for Vince Jr. and stuff like that. So had they not done the attitude adjustment, uh, you know, ECW probably could have been an easy, easy number two. I think that, and again, I think they, I thought they were number two towards the end anyway. But it is but, interesting uh, what you're saying because had they not done the attitude adjustment, ECW could have taken that spot. But had they not done that, they wouldn't have been the proper platform for Rob Van Dam and for the ECW invasion of Raw and, and whatnot, which is what put ECW on that national uh, uh, you know, map there. So it's really yep. interesting. It's just fun. As you were ta- answering that, that first question, I, I just yeah. – just had all these thoughts and I'm like, Oh yeah, I do a show at the blue meanie. I can just ask them. So, um, <laughs> but let's go to a, a, a Patreon member, Vanessa Bello. Did Meanie ever work alongside Louis Piccoli, AKA rad Radford? Uh, I think I had one match with him and Jim Thorpe. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was Louis Piccoli and Mikey Whipper versus me and Stevie. Uh, I wish I could remember that match little bit better because it was just a one-off match i wish i could have done but i remember it i wish i wish i could have been a little bit less green you know in that match uh but i got to travel with louis um louis like i've said before one of the most beloved guys in the ecw locker room uh i mean i am sure he could be a, a little bit of a pest to some people <laughs> But in in a good way, and not in a bad way, you know, where he didn't have that go away. He he was just like, oh my god, Louis, stop, please stop talking, you know? <laughs> please, please stop singing Melly Vanilli to me, you know. Uh, <laughs> I remember me, Stevie, and Louis uh, driving upstate New York, you know, it was like the Buffalo Rochester loop, and uh, you know, Louis singing, you know, girl, I'm gonna miss you, and we just like singing all the, the cheesy songs and like my favorite my favorite louis piccoli memory uh ecw trent new jersey at the uh i want to say the cyo and uh i was in the restroom and i did my business i'm washing my hands and i'm hearing like this commotion in the next room and i walk in and louis piccoli and beulah miguel cuddy are singing hot summer nights from the movie grease <laughs> and uh louis singing john travolta's part and beulah singing olivia newton john's part and the locker room is doing the well, oh, well, oh, well, oh, tell me more, tell me more. It's like, that's awesome. Like, if you put that in the movie, you're like, oh, that's so corny. That would never happen, but it happened, you know? Uh, that's awesome. Louis was great. And uh, he was respected enough that, like, his whole time in ECW was paid by Sabu. Um, really? Sabu and Louis were on a, a tour of Japan. And Sabu tried to rib Louie by telling the bus driver that, you know, Louie is peeing out the window or throwing pee out the window, which he wasn't. So Louie got heat and they fired Louie. You know, the, the promotion in Japan fired Louie. Oh, wow. Sabu was devastated that, you know, he got this guy fired. So he talked Paul into hiring Louie. And Paul was kind of, wasn't too sure about it. And he's like, I'll pay for him. So, you know, Sabu would get his pay and then give Louis some cash, give, you know, part of his paycheck to, wow. you know, work in East W. Yeah. 
So if Louis had been anybody else, that wouldn't have happened, you know, but you know, the respect that people had for Louis, you know, that that's just respect people had for Louis. Wow. And I still talk to his sister to this day. I was trying, I'm trying to help them with certain things. They want to do certain things for Louis legacy and uh, they're bouncing. I, you know, his sister uh, bounced a couple ideas off me and I'm trying to help them. That's awesome. Yeah, because there's a lot of things, you know, people still love Louie to this day, you know. He, I don't think he's ever had an action figure or a T-shirt no. or a current shirt. Or current shirt. So uh, we'll see. What, I'm not promising anything, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, that that's uh, thinking about him as like an action figure or something. That's That would be great. He, he Absolutely. You know, because the people who were watching him at that time. Everybody remembers him so finely, but as time goes on, you know, he never really had the opportunity to make it big enough that he's kind of stood the test of time for people who maybe weren't around at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, so that'd be great. That's the shame of it. A lot of people, like you said, are lost to time. Mm-hmm. And you think of, you know, how many people saw him in, in his day and then unfortunately he passes away. But so many other wrestlers come out that sometimes people get pushed back a little bit mm-hmm. in the uh, the old brain cells. You know, sometimes you know the memory fades away of how good that person was. But Louis was great in the ring and in the locker room. Speaking of the locker room, you mentioned um, you. <sighs> Vanessa says, "Hey, cello toys." Um, you, yeah. Um, <laughs> You mentioned uh, the him singing "Summer Nights" uh, in the locker room. Uh, that leads me to Andy Slichter has a question. Slichter, uh, what are Meanie's top songs he would like to see himself vibe to on at Blue Meanie Vibes? <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, go follow at Blue Meanie Vibes. A complete and utter ripoff of the at Taz vibes, but perfect. Oh my god! And you know that that was thanks through uh, people being able to watch us on the Patreon, and I, that was just me being being a goof. I had, a, I had like a song going on in my head, and so, and, and like afterwards, you're like, "What song did you have in your head?" I was like, "I don't know. It was a song I just made up." Sometimes I just make up songs that are in my head. It's like, well, it would have been great if I learned how to fucking play an instrument. Uh, but like, I'll, I'll like get a song stuck in my head and just morphs into this other total different song that it, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, I could have been a great plagiarist. Um, but, uh, oh, oh, dude, anything. Get, get me some Yacht Rock, you know. Uh, <laughs> the most recent. You do my. Most you could do my, uh, yeah. You could do my ECW theme. Clear, let me clear my throat by uh, DJ Cool. <laughs> uh, somebody, they already did the BWO theme, but uh, you could do Mbop. You could do, yeah, you could do anything. Is, most recent one is the NWO theme was up there too. As we're <laughs> recording this to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the NWO, we also have uh, your WWE, your WWF theme, um, and then on Fourth of July was Real American by Rick Derringer, the uh, Hulk Hogan theme. So some really fun things over there. Go give, go give uh, at Blue Meanie Vibes a follow. Um, that was very, very 
flattering. Very yeah, flattering. Very cool. Um, let's see what else we have over here. Uh, more questions, more questions. Hey, here's a fun one. Chris at Chris WD 2009. What, what is, up? What is the one biggest criticism Josh and the Blue Meanie have of AEW? Uh, first of all, AEW, I, I respect them. I'm glad they're. I'm glad they're. Uh, I am glad they exist. Uh, I guess my one big disappointment, I'll say, disappointment with AEW is the fact that we were told it's going to be sports based. Uh, you know, there's going to be wins, loss, win and loss records, which I thought was intriguing, but. You know, I thought we were going to get American New Japan. And uh, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a few things I wish they would do a little bit better. And what do I know? I was the guy from ECW. But, uh, you know, I wish they wouldn't bury the refs as much, you know, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, tag matches and blatantly cheating right in front of the official and stuff like that, you know. When you do stuff like that, when you're blatant, blatantly cheating, cheating in front of the referee, you're not getting heat. All the heat is going to the referee for not admonishing you, you know. But that's that's the one thing, you know. I wish they would, you know, um, would it get, it would give us what they promised us, sports based, uh, you know, where the rules are applied, rules are enforced. Okay, do the, uh, you know, if you want to do it, do the, uh, you know, want to be different, do the 20 count instead of 10 count. You could do so many different things. Make it look more like a shoot, you know. Still have characters. They could have been like the American pro wrestling equivalent of UFC. Sure. You know, and you don't have to go totally straight lace. I mean, UFC has their own version of characters. You know, look at the Diaz brothers, you know, Jesus Christ. They're, they 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 just ooze charisma. You know, look at you know um, Conor McGregor. Look at his he's, he's he oozes charisma, but when he goes in that cage, it's just like it's on. You know, you can have the characters, but once that bell rings, things get serious. Did you see the uh, the it was on Dynamite a few weeks back? The Jake Hager um, versus Wardlow in the in the. Uh, octagon-esque you know yeah yeah i didn't see it i watched that and i thought i watched it maybe i saw like a week after it had aired but and i thought to myself i didn't think this is the future of pro wrestling i thought this is the future of the ufc although i always i believe al snow told me a long time ago uh and shout out to allies in the green room but al snow we'll get to him Al Snow told absolutely. Al Snow told me a long time ago that he truly believes that the UFC is a work. I not not all of it, but the undercard and the things that 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 it's a work. And I'm looking at this match with Wardlow and Jake Hager, and I'm looking at them going, A, it definitely could be a work. B, if it's not a work, it should be. (laughs) <laughs> it absolutely should be and that's what happened right. that was pro wrestling pro wrestling originally it was it was wrestling and then they're just like oh you know if we if we work this we can make some money off of this 
You can make money and last longer. Yep. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know what the fucking term work means. Yeah. You know, people think it's, oh, me and you working out spots and stuff like that. And boxing for years, boxing was a work in a way where they would purposely, you know, mismatch opponents. Mm-hmm. Go, they called them tomato cans. Instead of, you know, calling them jobbers, they call them tomato cans. You put in these guys with little experience and with people you know are going to demolish them. And you pad that person's record to where he's like 20 and 0. Yep. Nobody's going to, you know, maybe a wrestling fan will go, oh, let me go through each individual match. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, a boxing fan's not going to go, oh, let me go through each individual match. They're like, oh, this guy's 20 and 0. He must be good, right? Not knowing that the guy had to beat up a bunch of, you know, right. tomato cans. So, I mean, with UFC and, and MMA, I know there's shows out there that are MMA shows, being promoted as MMA shows, and all the shows are, all the matches are work. I know there are, so I know the people running them. Yeah. Uh, but it, it can be done. So I, I don't know where we were talking about this. I, we were talking about AEW and stuff like that, but no, it's maybe the, the- I wish AEW would kind of be like more like UFC, not Octagon stuff like sure, that, but sure. have real life, real life characters that are believable, like guys you would see walk down the street and I, I believe that guy, you know. But when and they could be as silly as they want, but once that bell rings, you know, you know, like the D, uh, it's the Diaz brother, brothers, mm-hmm. right? In the UFC, I think so. Yeah, they clown around. They. Clown around, they, they you know, do run-ins on other people's press conferences, throw water bottles, all this stuff. But then once that cage door shuts, yeah, it's all on, man. It's on like a motherfucker, you know? So my, I wish you could do that. So to, to answer uh, my answer to, to Chris's question, um, there wasn't, yeah, it was Chris. My, my answer to Chris's question would be my one criticism from the very beginning of, of AEW, especially with dynamite is they think they cater too much to their, uh, diehards in the sense that and I'm not talking about in style, but in the sense that in the beginning, you know, I wasn't really like, I knew who Kenny Omega was. Of course I'd seen some of his, his big matches, but I didn't really like know much about him. And there's a lot of, lot of talent there. That'll come in and it'll be like, oh, they've been wrestling forever and whatever. I always felt like they needed the vignettes. They needed the sit-down interviews with a Tony Schiavone or a, a, or a Jim Ross to educate us. Uh, those of us who have no idea what is going on in Japan in the wrestling industry yeah. to give us to educate us as to why so I felt like Kenny Omega came in. Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. Well, now they've done a great job with his character with, you know, uh, fleshing it out and letting people know, um, you know, who he is as a heel and everything. But in the beginning, it was like, Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. And I'm like, okay, why? Like, I know I've heard right. that, but convince me, tell me why is the best wrestler in the world. And right. that would have been my only criticism. I love what they did, like, and uh, to put them over. I love what they did in the beginning, like with the promos, the uh, the, the vignettes they did on Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. You know, he's they're showing him working out, jumping rope on the roof of a building with a drone camera flying over, and yeah, they did doing- them. They did a lot for a lot of guys. It was, yeah. but like a Sammy Guevara was. I think they saw him as like really new. 
it was the more established, like the like a Kenny Omega, where they were just like, ah, everybody knows Kenny Omega. Everybody knows mm. the Young Bucks. Everybody, like, no. Like, we don't. Yeah. You know, not to burst the bubble, but we all know Dustin Rhodes. We don't need a promo on him. We all, you know, we know who he is. Um, Dude, um, when they first came out, there was billboards all over the place. There were several in Philly. Mm-hmm. But you don't put John Moxley on a billboard? Yeah. <laughs> John Moxley, fresh off WWE TV, he's not on the billboard. Okay, Cody and Dustin makes perfect sense. Right. Why are you putting these, you know, established guys from WWE on your billboard to say, "Hey, this is where they're at now," kind yeah. of thing? You know, no offense to Sammy Guevara, they had a billboard with Sammy Guevara on the on the billboard, but I didn't even know Sammy Guevara because he was getting kicked in the face. Yeah. It just looked like it was, uh, it would look like clip art. You know, it just looked like a clip art of a random guy getting kicked. I didn't know it was Sammy Guevara until he was like, oh, not cool. I was like, oh, shit, that's Sammy. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. Put the, name, put the name of the, put the photo of the guy on the billboard, his name, you know, AEW on TNT, stuff like that. You ever notice WWE when they have the big posters? It doesn't matter if it's John Cena, Randy Orton, any of their big stars, The Undertaker. It always says their name right next to them. And like a small yeah. on all the pay-per-view posters always yeah. says their name next to them. And I've always looked at it going like, that's not for us. That's for the person looking at it who doesn't, who goes like, oh, I haven't watched wrestling in 20 years. Wonder who this guy is. Let me, let me look him up. Yep. Cause you can't look him up by going Google a uh, guy on wrestling poster, you know, like once yeah. you see, huh, this guy looks interesting. Oh, his name's Randy Orton. Let me, let me Google him. So yeah. yeah. Randall Keith Orton. Yeah, and then you know know all about him. He hears voices in his head. Yeah. Um, Edgar Allan Lovecraft writes, um, if you had to fight any historical figure, who would it be and why? <laughs> uh, Emmanuel Lewis. Because I would, I would stand a chance. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> who would I? Who who annoyed me that I would want to punch him in the fucking face? So that's the only reason why I ever want to. I wouldn't mind kicking Hitler's ass if that was an opportunity, you know. Yeah, I would definitely love to fucking punch him in the fucking yeah. throat. Hey, there uh, are plenty of people today. We only have we can go back in time like a year if you call that history. I could find some people I'd like to beat the shit out of. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I never leave my house thinking, oh, I'm going to kick somebody's ass today. I think about my day, hey, yeah. hey, what can I do as quick as fucking possible? Let me get go out, do my shit, and get the fuck back home. Uh, great question, but, you know, uh, maybe the guy who honked right as the light turned green. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's the only time I... If there's like a can, that's why I can never do one of those driving shows where they had the camera in, in the car because I you would have to beep it every twenty seconds. You yeah, know, right. Now, um, going through seeing some of our old ones here, but uh, before we do that, let's jump over. We've got some great things from uh, Anthony Camarada here. Anthony writes, "I'm fascinated by the stories Meanie has shared of Richie Posner, the prop guy, Richie from ah, Magic." Rich- yeah. Can we get another Richie Posner story? 
Shit, I, I gotta remember what I told. Um, we'll start telling, and I'll see if it, if it jogs my memory. I'll uh, I'll let you know. We'll cut you off. Or hey, we have new listeners all the time, right? So it doesn't matter. He was just he was just great. Uh, I remember we we had to do it was a promo where I was I was blue meaning with gold dust. You know, I, we already done blue dust, and I wasn't feuding with gold dust anymore. So I was teaming with him and Ryan Shamrock. But my character was, you know, sad that like Ryan was getting all the attention and I wasn't. So we were doing this like vignette or segment where next coming up on Raw, Goldust with Blue Mini and Shamrock, Ryan Shamrock. So I, I went up to Richie. I was like, I got to do this thing where I got to look like I'm, I'm crying. Can you make me like a, a handkerchief where it just shoots water? <laughs> And you just see his his wheels turning, and he goes, "Ah, let me come back," you know. And uh, Richie would uh, he came back. He said, "I think I got something," and he would. I don't know how he has this stuff on him at all times, but he found like this tubing with the like the eyedropper thing that you squeeze, and mm-hmm. he placed it into the handkerchief. So we're we're doing a thing, and you know, Goldus is sitting on the couch, Ryan Shamrock's on the lap, and I'm sitting on the floor crying, going. <laughs> and I'm hitting the thing, and water's going psh, 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 shooting out. Like, and we'd just come up with that off the top of his head. You know, there would be times where, you know, um, he helped uh, design the BWO big wheels when we're doing the uh, the Great American Bash. You know, he painted them blue, uh, put the stickers on there, and which I took some of the stickers and put on my wrist tape. Uh, but then there was times where I would come like. Uh, we did raw. No, we were doing smack. I was part. I came back for SmackDown. He comes up to me. Hey, we got this great idea. You're going to give somebody a blue bath. And then, you know, of course they rewrite TV and sure. I'm written off the show. Now, <laughs> I went from being in the segment to being written off the show. Yeah. But, like he would always do stuff. He would, I want to say he was the guy who helped put together the, the Bigelow Taz ring, but I'm not hundred percent on that, hmm. but he just did so much different stuff. He did. He made so many different cameos. Um, not on the phone. Like, Hey, this is Richie Posner. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday. Blue meanie. Oh, um, he, he needs to get on cameo now. I, I should give him a call. See if he wants to come on the podcast. <laughs> oh, meanie. That would be, number. that would be amazing. Yeah, dude. He was, Dude, he was like the character at any movie. He always, you know, he'd be in it. He would have his own little area called Magic. He would be there with his Hawaiian shirt on, you know, like like a typical mad genius. You, know, you see him like looking through drawers and noodling through stuff, and it's kind of like the movie Weird, uh, Real Genius with yeah. uh, Val Kilmer and stuff like that. Real you know, genius the guy meets MacGyver. He was he Richie Posner was the real life MacGyver. Just hey Richie, I need this, that, and the other thing. All right, <laughs> well, you know, abracadabra, alakazam, and he would make it happen. You know, yeah. Let's try and get him on here. I can reach out to him. That'd be awesome. That'd be yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. He, he's again. There's so many unsung heroes in the in the wrestling business. He's definitely one of them. Yeah, we, our our uh, Patreon members 
or uh, that would be amazing. That yeah, I mean, we definitely. I think every everybody would love that. Um, they just put them over. They just put them over to on on the Lost Treasure show. McFoley said, you know, mm. when they were looking for one of his Mister Sacco's, he goes, "That's a Richie Posner original." Yeah, there were the Richie Posner ones, and then the Foley ones, right? Yep. Yep. After oh. after awesome. hopefully he still has the same number. I'll just shoot yeah. him a text. Um, Anthony also asked, uh, did you see the Briscoe brothers fight on the farm match? I wish I, I'll yeah, get I to didn't, it. I didn't see that either. I don't know if that was on their YouTube or was it on their actual TV show? I think it was on their TV. I think. Okay. Um, which, which I'm sure I could catch on fight TV cause they have all the ring of honor episodes yes, on there. Definitely. I like, I watch wrestling, but it's not, I, at the same pace as everybody else. Cause I'm a cord cutter and stuff like that. So but also there's yeah. a lot of wrestling. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot. Like I don't have, I don't know about you, but I don't have three hours in a night no. to sit and watch. So you're talking about a show right off the bat. Raw is three hours long. I can't get through raw in one night. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't even try at this point, but, but uh, you know, I used to watch the condensed version on Hulu. They would do it like a 90 mm-hmm. special 90 minute version of it. Yep. And even that, I was like, I want to catch up on WWE. I'll go. Well, I don't know if they still even do it anymore this weekend. WWE, yep. you know, and they give you the storylines in like a half hour, you know? Yeah. <laughs> give me the cliff notes. <laughs> oh man. I, uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of wrestling out there, and a lot of great wrestling out there. Don't I don't mean Which that. Is awesome. Yeah, I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Um, you know, but hey, you you uh, whatever your favorite food is, if the, your favorite restaurant's got an endless menu of all things you want to eat, well, listen, there's only so much you can eat in one sitting, right? So, might all be great, yeah. but doesn't mean you're going to necessarily get to that uh, tiramisu, you know? Ah, oh, dude. It- you know, young Brian, young Brian Heffron would be envious of the amount of wrestling and the access to it that there is today. You know, shit, I grew up in Atlantic City. Now there seems to be a show in, in Atlantic City every week. Right. I could have just walked down the boardwalk, every, you know, once a week and watched wrestling in, in person instead of having to travel to Philly all the time. You know, you make such a good point the, the, about the, the availability, like how easy it is to access it. Like, oh I, I can't. Someone posted on social media the other day, uh, did you ever watch uh, a WWF pay-per-view like this? And it was like the scrambled, you know, the cable, like where you could hear it perfectly, but it was scrambled. Yeah. And occasionally it would like accidentally get caught in a way where you're like, wow, I'm seeing half the screen here. And of course, like, I, you know, I mean, we all did. Hit the AB button on the remote. Yep, we, we're, we're, all, we're all watching that. And then the freaking blue screen came you know when we all got the the cable boxes that turned that channel into just blue with a a thing that said you know to order call whatever and you're like you you know but uh but yeah man it was uh it's not to give a whole kids these days but kids these days man they don't they don't understand how lucky they are how easy they have it just you know oh i didn't get to watch this all check it out on youtube Dude, I, I watched, I couldn't get a cable box. I was at the shore at my, my grandparents' place and I couldn't get a cable box. We drove around looking for one for me to watch SummerSlam 94 
and I and <laughs> I didn't see Summer Slam '94 in a non-static way until the network came out because wow. that's just what it was. You know, it was just I watched it on static. SummerSlam '94 was that in Pittsburgh, or that was that '95? I want to say '95 was in Pittsburgh. I don't know, but I but I, I will say '94 was. Uh, it was. I remember it was Razor Ramon versus Ted DiBiase in the opening match. It was DiBiase's last match in WWF, and I remember uh, like just trying to watch this match. And it was. Uh, I want to say this was like Lex Luger, uh, Yokozuna. Beautiful, beautiful. I I went to SummerSlam '95. Uh, Really? That was the same weekend I wrestled Cactus Jack in out in Pittsburgh area. Oh wow! Well, who was wrestling in '95? Do you remember? It was the uh, Shawn Michaels Razor ladder match again. Right, right. Okay, yeah. So that was the following. Yeah, that was '95. And I want to say Isaac Yank and Bret Hart, maybe. Um, but I remember the ladder match, and I think I want to say Hakushi was on that. I don't, I don't know. I have to revisit it. Talk about uh, storyline. I'm sorry, you were saying. No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying. Like, talk about the important. You said Isaac Yankum versus Bret Hart. My first thought was like, God, what an awful time. And then you look at it and you go, but that's two Hall of Famers. That's two yeah. of the biggest stars in WWF history, or WWE history, in Kane and Bret Hart. What a difference yeah. a character makes, right? Because yep. while it's hard to imagine from a timeline, Bret Hart versus Kane, you know, just because of, you know, where, where they were. And I, I think Bret left the month after Kane debuted, if I'm correct on that. Um, yeah. But you look at it and you think to yourself, that's almost like a dream match. Right, that yep. Kane would wrestle Bret Hart, and there it Absolutely. happened at SummerSlam, and and it's instead it's a, it's a beacon of of how bad WWF was at the time. So it's really kind of yeah. kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm just I'm pontificating, but it kind of no. I mean, I I'm right there with you. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it was cool. I got to go to that. Uh, that was the weekend I wrestled. It was. Steel City Wrestling in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. It was uh, myself and Rick Matrix versus Crippler Ray, Ro- Crippler Ray Roberts and Cactus Jack. Literally, we were the, his Cactus Jack's first match after that death match in Japan. So his arm was all wrapped and still freshly burnt and smelling. You still smell the uh, burnt flesh and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, and then like you know, we had that show and then. The next day, I drove down. We drove down to Pittsburgh. Me and a couple of the guys from our school, and we went to SummerSlam. And then after SummerSlam, I drove straight back to Atlantic City. Wow, with, with a bruised tailbone <laughs> <laughs> from SummerSlam or from uh, from the match. Oh, before? I, the, I, well, we were having a match. I put Ray, uh, Crippler A. Roberts on the table. I went to do a leg drop from the apron through the table to the floor, and this ring was way higher than the normal <laughs> ring you know you, you think of, you know most rings where you can hop up and put a knee you have mm-hmm. to hop on this one you have to hop up hope to grab a rope and pull yourself up oh, so geez. i had to move i went through the table hit the gym floor with my tailbone and it was just like oh 
And then they, during, again, during that match, you know, Cactus hits me with a, a toy pool table over the top of the head. And <laughs> I had to, you know, I had to like play dead for a little bit there. I went, well, not play dead. I was, I was like, uh, the promoter, Norm Connors, who was managing us. I was like, dude, I am fucked up. <laughs> And uh, and hard weighed, so it's just like take a powder. Hard weighed from the pool table, from, from the pool table, yeah. Jeez. But uh, you know, cactus was great. You know, we talked after that, and then like when when I went to ECW, you know, uh, it might have been that later that year, October, in October. You know, you you think I wrestled in uh, wrestled him. That's SummerSlam 95, and then I'm in... Two months later. A couple months later, he remembered me, which is kind of cool, you know? That's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, very, uh, very... Last question here. Um, sure. Vanessa Bello writes, Has Meany seen the John McPhee antivirus guru documentary yet? It's called Gringo, The Dangerous Life there. of John McPhee. That's a rabbit hole all on its own. Have you seen it? I've seen it, and uh, you know, he apparently killed a guy and got away with it. If I'm thinking of the right story, yeah. uh, I hope that's it because I've I've watched a lot of documentaries, but like, yeah, the John McAfee story. I mean, he just recently passed away. So I, uh, I M M C F E E McAfee. So I was saying McPhee, but I I don't know. I, I it could be McAfee. I don't know. Yeah, because he was he came up. To, he's the antivirus guy. Okay. He created McAfee antivirus, all that stuff, and mm-hmm. he he was about to be extradited back to the United States for on securities fraud. Yeah, McAfee. It's McAfee antivirus, right? That's him. Yeah. Okay. I think we. You know, it's one of those things where we probably everybody says it slightly differently because you only read it, you don't hear it. Yeah. You know. Right. Or I right. just say it wrong. Yeah, but like he, uh, yeah, I saw that documentary. I need to watch it again, especially mm-hmm. now. With, you know, he basically killed himself because he didn't want to be extradited back to the United States. But Jeez. what an interesting guy! Um, and like with that, that you know, there's a lot of interviews that are popping up on YouTube and stuff like that, and so interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I've watched it. I need to watch it again. I, I I literally watch way too many documentaries, so sometimes some some uh, documentaries blend into each other. Where I'm given <laughs> oh, yeah, the McAfee one, where uh, you know he did this thing, and it was actually this other one I had seen. So yeah, but yeah, I definitely seen it. Yeah, that definitely happens uh, with like uh, um, like TV shows. Like if you watch like too many medical dramas, like yes. at one point you're like, well, whatever happened to this so and so? You're like, oh, that's not this show. That's not. <laughs> You're thinking of an ER, ER yeah. Chicago or, <laughs> or Grey's Anatomy. You know? yeah. How many fucking shows from Chicago do we need? I don't There's know, a man. lot. There's Chicago, uh, the whole Chicago stuff that Cocabana is constantly popping up on or maybe once, but he, you know. Yeah. Chicago Hope, Chicago PD, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Chicago Med. They get, there was another yeah, they got the one. Whole- yeah. yeah. Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. Where it's just, yeah. it just takes place in Chicago and they just walk around Chicago and that's it. Yeah. Executive yeah. producer, Dick Wolf. Um, Do you think when he went to grade school, he had to put Wolf Dick on all his test papers? Man, I just, 
That is a guy. You talk about overachieving. Um, you start with that name, Dick Wolf, and you're just like, oh, yep. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of your Dick Wolf, uh, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about Manscaped.com. That's yeah. right. Manscaped. Uh, you know, they are our sponsor and, and, uh, we want to thank them so much for sponsoring us. Meanie, talk a little bit about Manscaped while I bring up the Manscaped read. Dude, manscaped.com is the end-all, be-all for men's grooming uh, from uh, head to toe. Uh, I could speak, especially you know, with me using uh, the ear and nose trimmer. Uh, I'm getting to that age where I got to pay attention so i don't you know turn into uh grandpa monster or, or ernest borgnine over here uh with with the manscape uh ear and nose hair trimmer uh i can uh look presentable you know a lot of times you know uh, you get today you know get into your 40s and your your, your nose hairs are getting a little bit too long you, you're getting a little bit of hair on you you're getting hair in places you don't want hair you know you're losing it in the places you want it and you're getting it in the places you don't so but thanks to uh, Manscaped, you, you, you can take care of uh, your ears, your nose. Uh, I, I, I'm a big, I always say this, I'm a big proponent of their, uh, their, their foot duster. They, they have a, a foot spray. Uh, I, you know, I love my mom to death. Not only was I uh, blessed with her good hair, I was blessed with her bad feet. So uh, every, night, every night, you know, before Meanie uh, goes to bed, I take a nice hot shower and I get the... Uh, the Manscaped foot spray, which has a uh, green tea in it and other essential uh, nutrients for your feet, which I'm you know, not a big foot fan, but you know, I, I got to take care of mine, man, because yeah. don't care. You, you got to take care of the things that help you get through the day. Take care of your feet. So I, I'm definitely uh, using the, 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 the foot spray, the, the, the nose and ear hair trimmer. And uh, like you're about to say, man, there's so many different things uh, Manscaped does for the the be all end all for all your men's uh, grooming needs yeah listen the olympics euros baseball major championships and concerts are all in this summer you know what yeah. isn't you know what isn't a wild and hairy bush tame your pubes with help from our friends at manscape the leaders in below the waist grooming their fourth generation performance package includes the brand new lawnmower 4.0 if an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold? Fellas, <laughs> do right by your balls and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going <laughs> going to manscaped.com with the promo code MEANIE20. The world is starting to open and the Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped is here to help you get ready Inside, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer that Meanie's talked about, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts, Performance Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag. And those boxers are nothing to sneeze at. They're fantastic. Talk about a world-class dismount into a post-quarantine world. This package is the perfect package for your package and peak performance in whatever sport you desire. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take the podium. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch, 
can engage a travel lock. It gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when you need for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Michael Phelps is drooling just thinking about the possibilities. The package, man, there's a lot to read. The package also comes with the Weed Whacker. Chop your worst weeds up top in both your nose and ear. This tool is a lock to take home gold in the the biathlon. (laughs) The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After trimming your pubes, show them some sportsmanship with Manscaped's liquid formulations. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner are the key to feeling victorious this year. Manscaped also threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel bag get 20% off plus free shipping with the code meanie20 at manscaped.com that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code meanie20 at manscaped.com achieve pubic glory this year with manscaped we thank them so much for sending these amazing reads over (laughs) thank you for taking care of the podcast who uh, looks to take care of our pod, uh, pod squad yes Take care of your balls. That's pretty much what we're saying here. Um, yeah, and that's about it for us here. Uh, this was a fun Ask Meanie. Lots of great, great questions. I, I love the Ask Meanie portion of this. It's, it, it, it really is my favorite part of the show. Uh, I mean, I love just talking about things to bounce off the top of my head. But thanks to our pod squad, they, they asked the questions to jar a lot of memories that I have forgotten about. And uh, I am I'm very appreciative of our pod squad for asking those questions. Anything else you would like to say uh, before we wrap up here? I'll do all my uh, all my plug skis, but you, Meanie, have a personal appearance coming up this uh, this weekend. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, think back to all the legendary moments that happened in WWE uh, and you know WWF. You know, back in the early '80s. And they happen at the legendary Hamburg Fieldhouse. Uh, so this July, Saturday, July 24th, coming up at the historic Hamburg Fieldhouse from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., I will be at the Legends of Hamburg convention. Uh, myself, I'll be sharing a table with myself and the ECW hardcore icon, the Sandman. So between nice. 10 a.m. and 4 p.m., uh, come see me and the Sandman. Go to legendsofhamburg.com for more information. But it's going to be an amazing event. Uh, you know, pod squads, come say hello. So uh, I'm, I'm exci- I'll be excited to see all of you. Legendsofhamburg.com. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I mentioned this last week, too, that on that same day, I'm going to be at the showboat uh, in New Jersey doing a fight and focus live uh, right before GCW homecoming. Uh, so if any of you pod squad members are uh, going to that show, come say hello. Uh, it would be, I'm, I'll be the one uh, who looks like me, uh, but it'd be great <laughs> to see you. Cause, cause I'm jealous. Cause Meanie gets out there, gets to meet everybody. I, uh, but I, you know, yeah. I want to feel the love too. But uh, in the meantime, do us a favor 
and follow us on social media at Mind of the Meanie across the board, across all platforms. Uh, and follow us as individuals as well. He's at Blue Meanie BWO. I'm at So Says Chernoff. Uh, Check out some of the great shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Also, great shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. And there's also some pretty damn good ones over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash So Says Chernoff. Uh, I hope that all of you will go subscribe to YouTube.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Uh, do me a favor if you're in the mood to subscribe uh, right now. Right now, where whenever you're done, you can pause this for just a second and subscribe to <laughs> So Says Chernoff podcast there. Uh, just put out some cool stuff from my fight and focus with Ring of Honor. Um, we're we're going to have the audio for that and a lot of those, those cool things. So it's definitely a different podcast than the Mind of the Meanie. Um, we're, we're just sharing some fun interviews over there. So, uh, you know. Add that to your rotation. There, some of them are like five minutes, some of them are thirty minutes, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, so check that out. Um, cameo, cameo.com slash blue meanie bwo. If you want meanie to wish you a happy birthday, uh, Merry Christmas, a belated Fourth of July, uh, whatever it is that you want, and uh, and I'm there too. Cameo.com slash so says Uh Meanie, what did I miss? Anything? Uh, go and support our friends over at Collar and Elbow. Go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Yes. Oh, son Use of a bitch. Go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Use promo code Meanie and save yourself 10% on uh, some some great quality shirts over there. Rod Hicks and Al Snow, who, uh, yeah. oh my God. We that was my Al son Snow. of a bitch. I didn't mean to cut you off with it, but I just, as uh, soon as you said it. Uh, so sorry. Yeah, Al. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, we just—I'm sorry, Meanie. We just don't have the time. We just don't have the time. Uh, but you know yeah. what? Hey, next week's a big one. That's episode seventy next week. That's so a, that's an even number. That's yeah. an even number. That's an even number. And I think episode seventy—that's the one for Al Snow. I think. Yeah, that's the one for Al. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. I mean, well, it's not like we just left him in there by himself. There's plenty of, you know, continental catering. You know, just like donuts and bagels and coffee yeah. in there. He'll, he'll be all right. There's a lot in the green room. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, Can we call it the blue room? But, uh, it should be the blue room. You're right. Yeah. You're right. All right. From now on, Al Snow stays in the blue room. Yes. Very nice. And uh, all of you. Sorry, Al. <laughs> we really are. Al, we apologize. Um, yeah, Meanie. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, this was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to... Uh, be back next week to talk about whatever major event took place in the in the, in the last two weeks. Uh, if the around by then, you know. Yeah, know. seriously. Uh, but until then, uh, we hope everybody has a wonderful uh, July, and we will see you next Monday and every Monday for another trip into the mind of the meaning. Blue, 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 blue world order. The world of MLW Radio never stops. <laughs>